0: Okay, I was just enjoying that. I was hoping it would go on for a few more seconds there. Pastor Shane, thank you for the beat. Uh, He said that was especially for me, and uh, I receive that. I receive it totally. Well, just amazing to be here and uh, to see what God is doing. How many of us, uh, how many of you out there, this is the first time that we're meeting? How many of you are new enough to the church? Wow, well, so great to meet you. we have been journeying together as a church for a long time and, uh, but just feel like we're, we're kind of coming into our own and you are a part of that. So uh, that's an amazing, amazing sense. I've enjoyed every part of the service, right from coming in the lobby and uh, the worship and the band, my goodness, just fantastic. Uh, so happy to have Karina here with me. I travel full-time now across Canada and around the world and uh, So my wife isn't able to be with me as much. She is the love of my life We've been best friends almost all of our lives. We met she was 12. I was 14 uh, we grew up in church together and uh, God has been so very good to us. I um, I want to to try and uh, continue a little bit in the theme uh, of relationships. I believe in relationships. Um, I believe that our relationships are probably one of the most meaningful and lasting parts of life on this earth. Money comes and goes, fame is fleeting, careers can be interesting, but Friendships and family last, and not only do they make sense in this life, but they are probably one of the only things that we can take with us into the next life. Heaven is a place where we will know one another. The Bible tells us that even though there are aspects of relationships, you know, I don't quite know what happens with marriage, and you'll be like the angels and stuff, but we'll know who we are. So if you have relationships and friendships in this life, that's probably one of the only things that you can take with you to heaven. One of the other dramatic aspects of friends and family when it comes to eternal life is the Bible also tells us that one of the key characteristics of hell is isolation, So think about it. Heaven is relationship, and hell is aloneness. So the stark contrast is one that we ought to be thinking about, even as we think about who we talk to about Jesus, who we invite to church. If we love, we care for people, then really speaking to them, sharing with them about what God means to their life is one of the most loving things we could ever do. Because it means that that relationship goes on forever. The title of this message this morning is Words That Bring Life, Words That Bring Life. I want to just ask the Holy Spirit to help us, and I want to say to those of you who are guests today that you're not here by accident, you're not here by fluke that God has arranged it for you to be here today to experience what you've experienced and to hear what you're going to hear in the next few minutes. So, Lord, I just ask that you would be very present for every person who's here today, for those who are here for the very first time, those who've been a few times, those who have been a part of this church from the very start. Lord, speak to our hearts, change our lives. We don't want to walk out the same as we came in, We want to be changed and transformed by the living Word of God. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God established the power of words in the very first creative act. He said, let there be light, and what? There was light. All of the creative acts of God that we have in the Scripture come through Him speaking those things into being. The Bible doesn't contain any reference to God, you know, waving a magic wand or, you know, tossing rocks in a hole or I I don't know. He speaks and life comes. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he spoke them into existence. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to start about our words. Psalm 19 says, let the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. James chapter 3, and this is from the message. I I just think this uh, paraphrase is so fantastic, and uh, you're going to hear how true it is. James 3 verse 5, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. We know about those here in BC. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. (laughs) I like that. I'm feeling a little scared myself. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild. It's a wanton killer. If you've ever been lashed by words, you know how true that is, right? Psalm 141 says, why don't you read this with me, everybody? Psalm 141, verse 3. Ready? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I know that there are people sitting here today, and even while I've been starting this talk, you're thinking about things that you've said in your life that you wished you wouldn't have. We've all been there. We've said things in anger. We've said things hastily. We've said things before we had all the correct information. There are words that bring death. Unfortunately, not all words are words that bring life. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. James 1 says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry for one's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Words that bring death. The most obvious are lies. I've, I've... been lied to a couple of times like blatantly you know uh, we we were um, involved in uh, building a house one time and uh, the builder uh, we didn't know him It it was first time and and he had a habit of saying to me it'll be done on tuesday and Tuesday would come and there was nobody on site and I didn't get a phone call or anything. He just kept me happy basically from Thursday to Tuesday thinking that it's going to be done on Tuesday. He had no intention of doing it on Tuesday. So I phone him up on Tuesday and, oh yeah, there's a problem. It trades people, you can't rely on them. It'll be done by Friday. So I'm happy till Friday, right? Never happened. There were times where it would be like two weeks after he first promised me. And it wasn't that there was an issue. He just was stalling for time by making a promise he had no intention to keep. You ever had that happen? Salespeople, if you're in sales, this is a big risk. This is a big risk. Somebody, you work in retail, somebody comes in and says, I got a wedding on Saturday, can you have it for me by Thursday? Yeah, you just because you make the sale, right? You worry, then you blame the tailor if they don't do the alterations in time. Falsehood also happens at a deeper level in love and family, trust, if you've been betrayed by lies in a marriage, in a relationship, you know how that feels to have somebody hurt you and it brings death. Words of death, gossip, words of death. The internet has provided a platform for the legitimization of gossip. It's like, you know, you can post something that you have no idea if it's true or not, but because it's online, it must be true. Isn't that right? Everything online is true. I read it on the interweb, and it's true. Believe me, I'm dealing with some people constantly. I'm trying to help my mom. You know, she's 83 years old. Mom, it's not true because it's on the internet. But there are some people feel like... And isn't it incredible that uh, a word like feedback has become such a big deal in our time. Like in the last five years, everybody wants feedback. You can't do anything without getting a survey wanting feedback. How was your experience? Well, fine, whatever. You know, they, like it's all, and I, I'm, but then some people use that opportunity for feedback to just be negative and nasty. I, I met one guy recently and, and somebody asked him, He was a part of a church, and the church asked for feedback. And the guy was like the leadership team, super involved, very positive, and he gave them four stars out of five. The pastor said to the guy, why did you just give us four? He says, well, I never give a five. (laughs) So feedback, honesty, all these things have the power to bring death, discouragement. Another area of words that bring death is negativity. Just being negative all the time. Have you met this guy? Wow, it was a beautiful day yesterday. Oh, well, what, what the heck about today? I mean, no, no, It's a beautiful day today. Yeah, I hope it stays that way. You know, the forecast is bad. You know, it's like, whoa, oh, I love this hot weather. Too hot for me. You know. It's, so you, you, you've met that person? Everything has a negative ending. Every conversation has a downturn on it. The the classic description is these are the people that see the glass half empty, not half full. Negativity. After a while, if you're that person, you will watch your relationships dwindle. You'll watch friendships fall away, get more distant, because people don't want to be around that negative person. It's just something that is natural. And yet some people will say, well, I'm, I'm not being negative, I'm being realistic. Is that so? You can find a positive in just about anything. I, I had a friend, uh, I haven't uh, seen him for quite a while, but years ago he was a good friend, and he was the most positive guy. <laughs> it's not because I was negative. The friendship hasn't fallen off. I just want you to know that. As I, as I was saying that, I'm thinking, what are they thinking now? Like, we used to be friends, but he's super positive. What does that leave me? You know? No, that's not it. Believe me, seriously. But this guy was so positive, you would phone him up, and this is how he would answer the phone. Terrific, good morning. It's like, (laughs) wow. Like, it's just 9.30, you know, like, I not even know nothing much has even happened yet. He's like, blow your mind. And, And there were actually times, I had some discouraging times, when I would just call him up, because I knew if I called him up, he would just build me up. He was so positive. How are you today, my friend? You're the best pastor in the world. I just think you're terrific. Most of it wasn't true, but I just loved it anyway. (laughs) He knew the power of life-giving words. Some people feel that in order to keep you humble, to keep you in your place, they have to always have some sort of a constructive thing on the end of every comment and after a while you just think could you just say something positive without a butt on the end there are a lot of big butts in the world they should be reduced and kept positive what are you thinking <laughs> my goodness this church pastor shane it's like they just go places did you teach them that Even withholding affirmation can bring death. It doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't say anything. If someone, particularly kids, when you're in school, and you bring home, like in our family, if you could bring home a, a C plus, we like we had parties. Like a B was over the moon for our crew. You know, like we're artistic and you know, sort of the distant horizon and you know, so academics just but some families you know if you bring an A the comment will be you could have gotten an A plus some families nothing is ever good enough maybe maybe even in your household it just seemed like everything you did wasn't good enough and after a while that creates an oppression on your heart a stifling of your Willingness to risk, to be creative, to take, to take chances, to go for it. Because all your life you've heard the negative. You could have done better. What about this? Those are words of death. Obviously, foul language, cursing, blasphemy. James says, how can praise and curse come out of the same mouth? How can fresh water and salt water come out of the same spring? Those are words that bring death. Words spoken in anger, all of those things bring death. So let me ask you, are you a person who would be characterized by carelessness with words that bring death? Is that something that you are not careful with? Is it something maybe, you know, this is strange how it happens. If you grew up in a family or in relationships where there was a lot of verbal maybe not abuse, because some of you say, well, it wasn't abuse, but just that negativity, then sometimes without us even knowing, we turn that into the way that we talk to our kids, to our family members. Are you somebody? And words of death, you struggle with gossip. Do you struggle with judgment? Do you struggle with condemnation, criticism? Words of death. There are also, thank God, words that bring life. And in relationships, these can be one of the most powerful components of a relationship. Ephesians 4 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So let me ask, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, siblings, friends what is the verbal environment of your relationship what is the atmosphere of your words in the most important relationships of your life what is your home like what's your car like what are the words that you speak to your children karine and i love to do uh, conferences for married couples, and we'll always take a few minutes and and talk about parent-kid relationships. One of the things that Karina talks about is that communication with your kids and eye contact. So here's a little test, moms and dads. Do you make eye contact with your children when you're praising them, when you're encouraging them, when you're complimenting them? Or do you just make eye contact with them when they're in trouble? <laughs> it's like a mom. Let's say it's a mom. She's working, you know, at the kitchen. The kid comes home from school. Kid's talking, and the mom goes, why did you do that? And the eyes, boom, zone in on that, that word. We've, we believe and we've experienced in our family that when you speak words of encouragement and words of compliment and words of building up, that that eye contact actually is a powerful vehicle to pour life and love into that little person's heart. Well, the same is true when we're older. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody who won't make eye contact with you? You know, and they're looking right here. Like, I have a lot to look at there. There's a lot of landscape, a lot of real estate there to cover. And they look at your forehead. I've actually sometimes kind of tried to get into the... My eyes are here. Like you're, uh, hey, oh, uh, hey, oh. And then it's like. <laughs> it's when you speak to somebody, words of life, look them in the eye. And you may think it's awkward, what? but it brings a powerful life. Do you speak encouragement to the people you love the most? Those are words of life. Do you build them up? Do you, do you identify in your friends what you believe to be their strongest traits? And do you tell them? Have you said to your best friend, this is what I admire about you. I'm telling you, (laughs) that person is going to remember those words and they will be life to them. To your spouse, do you regularly, isn't it it, like it's kind of a thing, you know, the guys uh, say, you know, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Do you love me? She'll say, yes, I love you. And then she'll say, Do you love me? And he says, yeah, baby, I love you. And then she says, why? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, you know. Do do you tell her why? Do you tell her what it is about her that you love? And if you can't tell her, then you you better think of something (laughs) right now. Because she's going to ask you in the car Did you hear what that guy said? Get your phone out. Start writing it down. Because we're so stupid, we forget. It's like, I had five really good things, but I'm not, you know, you're beautiful. Um, We want to know why. Why do you love me? What is it about me? Here's a phrase that you can use. Here's what I believe, and this is for when the person isn't living up to their potential, which is all of us a lot of the time, right? When we're, like, we're not really nailing it. So you can help that person to rise above whatever circumstance they're in by walking up to them, looking them in the eye and saying, hey, I know you're going through a rough time, but here's what I believe to be true of you. They're not doing it right now. They're not living it. They're not reaching their potential. But you identify. I believe this to be true of you. And then you tell them three or four things. I was with somebody last week. And this is a very positive, very self-assured person. Very well-educated, successful, funny, outgoing. And I said, like two little sentences of encouragement, and that person just said, oh, thank you so much for those encouraging words. Honestly, everything on the outside, I would never have thought that that person would respond to encouragement like that. It's amazing. It's like we're in the springtime right now. We have these trees in our front uh, yard. They're dogwood, and uh, they have these beautiful white blossoms, and it's like the sun comes out and the the blossoms are just like, here we go. You know, it's just, it's fantastic. That's what words of life mean to the people in your life. They're like, okay, I can do this. That's what words of life do. And when you go outside of the walls of this building to Tim Hortons and Starbucks and wherever you go and you speak a word of life to somebody who's not a part of this church, who maybe doesn't know Jesus, they're going to go, what the heck was that? Who are those people? Why do they care about me? What different? Wow. Because most people don't get very much when it comes to words of life. And in fact, social media has created more distance and more isolation than it has relationship. And so if you can authentically, genuinely, speak words of life into somebody's heart, it can be transformational. How do you build good relationships? You build it by finding the good, by giving them courage. That's what encourage means. You you give them life by... Imparting grace when they've failed. Words of grace. Have you ever had somebody say, I forgive you when you've blown it? Those are the most wonderful words. And we all need to hear those words, don't we? Some people hold it back. Faith combined with grace speaks words of life. I forgive you. Loyalty through failure. Standing by somebody who's messed up calling them after they've blown it saying hey i love you i believe in you you're going to get through this we're going to stand by those are words of life to stand by somebody when they struggle by not taking offense that brings life to relationships i want to give you one of my life verses right now it's really obscure but it's helped me so many times ecclesiastes 7 verse 21 this is about words you ready Do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you, for many times also your heart has known, is there another scripture? That even you have cursed others. This is the key to not taking offense when people say stuff. Because you have said things in private that you would never say it to the person you didn't really mean it but you said it this says don't take to heart everything people say if they didn't say it to you face to face if they didn't say it in the right context then then don't take offense be a person who is not easily offended make it a commitment in your relationships that you will be difficult to offend Wouldn't that be powerful if we all made a commitment? Like You can almost not uh, offend me at all. Now, if you have a negative comment about this message, don't, like, that really offends me. But other than that, (laughs) I am hard to offend. I made it a commitment. I pastored a congregation of thousands of people. Of course some of them hate me. But I... I had to make a decision that I would be okay with uh, and not be offended. Because, you know, maybe something bad happened in their life and I happened to say the wrong word, the wrong, whatever. Because you've said things you didn't mean in the, right, in the wrong moment. So don't be easily offended. Jesus said something that emphasizes the power of words. Look at what he said in Matthew 25, verse 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is a picture of you and me standing before Jesus in heaven and him saying to us, Well done. Those are words that all of us who follow Christ long to hear. My dad uh, died about 10 years ago, and uh, he was one of my best friends. He was certainly the one who believed in me when really he shouldn't have. I wasn't ready, but he trusted me with things, and because he trusted me, I rose to the the assignment that he gave me. And he used to, he used to say to me, I, I don't know, like I worked for him as a pastor for a number of years. Then in the last 10 years of his life, he worked for me. He was my visitation pastor, you know, visiting all the seniors and the hospitals and everything. And, you know, like he heard me preach hundreds of times, speak, and almost every week he'd come up to me and he'd say, well done, son, well done, I'm proud of you. You know, like, I'm a grown man at this point. Fairly grown, you know, mid-30s, 40s, 50s, pretty grown. And I'm still feeling thankful that my dad's proud of me and that he would tell me the power of words. When we stand before Jesus and he says, well done, I'm like, yes. How is your life lining up? to receive those words of life. Will you hear that spoken over you? You don't have to be me. You be you. You do whatever God's called you to be in business, in the community, in whatever you're doing. That's what God's called you to do. So be the best you can be and let life flow out of you and let the influence of Jesus spread wherever you go. And just, if you don't know how to do it, use some words. Just use some words. Words of life. Let me ask everybody before I close. Are you someone characterized by words of life? Think about your friends. We've got lots of single people, young adults here. What about your friend group? Do you ever look your friends in the eye and say, man, I just appreciate this about you? Have you learned how to speak words of life? Push through the awkwardness, I'm telling you. Push through that sensitivity (laughs) and go there. With your spouse, do you speak those words of life? With your children, do you speak it to them? Or do they have to assume how you feel about them? Your kids should never have to guess how you feel about them. They ought to know because you tell them all the time. Things like, I just think you're terrific. I think you're the best ever. You can do this. Are you a person characterized by words of life? If you want to have friends, then be one who speaks words of life. If you want to have influence, speak words of life. Let me just bring this now to a spiritual application. Words of life have to do with our relationship with God as well. But in the case of our spiritual relationship, the words that we speak bring us life. When we praise the Lord, when we declare his greatness, we are speaking life-giving words to our own soul by giving praise to God. When the, the Bible says when you praise, you are declaring the works of God in the assembly, When we sing songs, when we lift our hands, what we're doing is we're acknowledging the greatness of God, and we're vocalizing what we know to be true of him. And as you vocalize in praise, what happens is your faith increases, and your courage grows because you're reminded of the greatness of God. Praise brings life to your heart. That's why we do it, folks. That's why when, when you are down and discouraged, if you put on some worship music and just let it hit you, it's going to change the sense of what's going on in your heart because you've been reminded the greatness of God. When we pray in the Spirit, that may be a new concept for some of you, but we're a, a church that believes that there's a thing called spiritual language or you may have heard of it called speaking in tongues. Well, the Bible teaches us that when we pray in spiritual language that our spirit is edified. Life comes to our spirit. Man, you're not just a physical body. You also have a spirit. You have an inner spiritual dimension that is put there because God is a spirit and he made you. So when you pray in the spirit, your heart, your soul, your inner man is built up with life. So that's why we pray in the Spirit. Spiritual language is not some sort of badge of maturity or accomplishment or superiority. It's a gift that God gives us so that that inner part of us is built up in a way that can't be done any other way. Words of life. When you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit brings life. Words of testimony are words of life. When you share your faith with somebody... You're giving them words of eternal life. Think about that. A word of testimony, an invitation, an offer to pray, or a word of encouragement. That could be life and death for that person. It could be the difference between them meeting Jesus or not meeting Jesus. Maybe you don't think of it in those terms. Each of us has been given opportunities by the Holy Spirit to be a part of some people's process or their journey. And you don't have to be the whole journey from, from start to finish. You just be your part to speak a word of life in that moment, a word of encouragement, to share a bit of your story, an answer to prayer, an offer to pray. Can I say, tell you, my my I have never asked someone if I could pray for them and had them refuse me. Never, ever. Like on a bus, in a restaurant, in a shop, wherever I've had opportunity, you see somebody, you know, you say, I just say, how's it going? You know, and they'll say, whatever they say, it's not good, you know, da-da-da. And often after just a short conversation, I say, well, could I just pray for you? And Almost every time, they'll be like, yeah, that'd be awesome. A lot of people that you know are at the place where they don't know what to do with their situation, so prayer can't hurt in their mind. <laughs> can't hurt, so sure, thanks. Those are words of life, and then later when that person is putting their head on the pillow, chances are the Holy Spirit's going to bring that back to their mind, and they'll think, you know, that was That was amazing. Do you speak words of life? Do you think of it in terms that the testimony you share, the invitation to resonate church, the invitation to your life group, or what do you call your small groups? Resonate groups. That that could be life and death spiritually to that person. Maybe you just think it's about you. (laughs) They accept or they reject me. say in love, it's not about you. It's about them. It's spiritual life opportunity, a moment. So when you testify, please think, I'm speaking words that bring life. I'm not trying to defend who I am. I'm just telling what God's done, and I'm speaking words that may mean life and death. Think of your testimony. Think of the number of people that spoke words of life to you that draw you on that process. Be that person. Be that person. The final most amazing thing about words of life is that words are how we're born again. It's words that Jesus told us to speak if we want to be born again. John chapter 6, verse 66 Jesus said to the disciples, Do you want to leave me too? And the 12 said, Simon said, Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus has the words of eternal life. Let me give you one more scripture. Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, verse 8 says, The word is near you in your mouth, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness or the forgiveness of sins. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So do you see there that the confession of your mouth is actually the means of faith that begins your spiritual journey. Isn't that incredible? But it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you think that God created the world by his words. He brought life into existence with his words. Why wouldn't it be that our spiritual life is brought into existence with words? It's the means of life combined with faith. that says, I believe. Friends, faith is not having all your questions answered faith is not overcoming every intellectual barrier in fact some of you who are on a spiritual journey there's a couple of things that you just are having trouble getting past you just don't get how god could be this or how that could fit together but past those blocks there's something going on in your heart because you're an honest person you know that it's real And that's God drawing you to Himself. A good friend of mine, his name is David Ash, he wrote a book about his conversion experience coming to Jesus. It's a great story. And he says, at the very end, he was faced with making a decision to take a step of faith like I'm going to invite you to take in just a moment. And he said, I realized That for the moment I had to set aside all of my arguments and trust what my heart was saying every person that begins a relationship with Jesus takes a step of faith even though there are still some questions but you trust your heart because it's your heart that God is interested in The transformation of your heart the hope the building up of your heart the Bible describes it as being born again new life and it happens by faith it happens by being willing to speak the words of life I don't get to come here very often so I don't know you and especially if you're new to resonate church I really don't know you so I don't know where you're at But I do know that God loves you. I do know that He has a purpose and a plan for your life that is good. And I do know that if you would be willing to take a step of faith, that He will meet you right where you are today. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room just to bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I just pray in this moment for the people who are on a a progression of investigation of thoughts, questions, who at this moment are faced with a decision. Lord, I ask that you will come and confirm in their hearts that you are drawing them and what they feel is real and that you are the truth, the life, and the way. We just pray for every person in this room, Lord, that we will be people that speak words of life in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, with your eyes closed, let me invite those of you who have yet to make a decision to believe in Christ. and by making that decision maybe maybe you've gone there in your mind maybe you've crossed over to think yeah i believe god is real but as yet you haven't spoken the words and as we see in the bible those words are significant because they indicate the condition of willingness which is the condition of faith to speak to the god you believe to be there so in a moment i'm going to ask if you would be willing to speak a prayer with me i'll help you with the words the words you know what it's not like mathematics god knows your heart it's tough to fail on a prayer like this jesus saved peter with a two-word prayer he just said save me god knows your heart so don't don't get hung up on the words But the willingness of your heart to speak the words indicates faith and faith pleases God. So if you're that person, you're saying, Pastor, I want to take that step of faith. I'm willing today to speak words of a prayer as a first step in my relationship with God. There are others in this place who know that you're not where you ought to be with Christ. You have experienced seasons where you were close to the Lord and maybe it's been your behavior maybe it's just been how life goes but you know you've drifted away from God and today you want to you want to return to the Lord. I invite you to pray with me as well. And it takes humility to return and say I'm back. I'm back, but God will not turn you away. So With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask. If you're that person, you're saying, Pastor, today I want to pray with you. I want to speak the words of what I believe is true in my heart. If you're that person, I'm going to ask you in just a moment as a first step to lift up your hand. All that does is it just kind of breaks you out of the anonymity. I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out. I am going to look and see your hand. And then we're going to pray together. So if you're that person saying, I'm at that place, Pastor, I want to... I wanna speak the words of life today. I wanna be born again. I wanna know my sins are forgiven. I wanna know that I'm ready for heaven and I'm willing to take that step and to pray a simple prayer. Here's what's gonna happen. In a moment, I'll ask you to lift your hand and then I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to pray with us. So you're not gonna get singled out. It's gonna be between you and Jesus. But so I know who you are so that we can agree together. If you're that person, you say, today, pastor, is my day. I want to pray with you for the first time, or I'm coming back to Jesus. If that's you, go ahead. Just lift your hand up and hold it there for a minute. Let me see you. Bless you. Yes, bless you, buddy. Right on. Who else? You say, yeah, here's my hand. Here's my hand. Is there someone else? Maybe I missed it. Put it up one more time so I can see it. Yeah, okay, got it. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that lifted your hands god bless you so much and i'm going to ask all the church now to pray with me this simple prayer and those that lifted your hands there are others and you wanted to i maybe i just went a little fast for you (laughs) that's a battle sometimes you didn't miss it (laughs) you never missed it so you pray along with us okay here's the prayer everybody in the room help these ones who are coming to jesus pray with me lord jesus everybody lord jesus thank you for loving me i ask you to forgive all my sins and i invite you to come into my heart i believe you are the son of god that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead and I choose to believe in you today. Thank you for hearing my prayer and help me to live for you every day from this day forward. Thank you God. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.